You're listening to Biz Quick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. Biz Quick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hi, and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And on today's episode, we have Dr. Stanley Ward. He is a writer, educator, and leadership coach out of Tyler, Texas. We're going to talk to him about burnout being versus worn out and possibly growing an audience. Who knows? We're going to jump into a lot of stuff with him. Yeah. It's going to be a very good discussion. I want to talk about the difference between burnout and worn out and how you know the difference before we bring them on. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that worn out can easily turn into burnout. Uh, yeah. There's, you know, burnout definitely has like the more finite connotation to it versus worn out. Like, you know, if you're, spend all day like running errands and dealing with this and that and whatnot like you can get worn out but like you know you're not burned out on life it's just that's just you're tired you need to go lay down or something right yeah worn out is take a nap yeah take a day off burned out is find a new job <laughs> take well, a take a long vacation yeah, yeah. Burn, burnout you know i think we all get worn out and it you know it, i think probably more so lately because like example are you worn out or are you burned out from zoom um i'm getting close to burned out yeah me too it just feels like every conversation is a zoom conversation and as much as it's nice to see people's faces oh wouldn't it be nice to just do some things in person or just a regular old phone call yeah or hey maybe we can just do this over email <laughs> Like just because you can zoom doesn't mean you should zoom exactly uh, one more meeting that could have been solved with an email yeah and that goes back to i mean just corporate life in general where it's like oh we should have a meeting about this it's like hey let's just jump on a quick zoom no there's no need no need no need so what do you do to avoid burnout now i know there's not really much we can do to avoid like the whole zoom burnout right that's just a part of life right now but just work in general what do you do to avoid burnout like what are some of your tricks um I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard really. Cause like, I don't, I, I, for me, I feel like burnout hits you, hits you deep. It's not like a physical thing. It's like, once you start getting burned out, I don't know if there's a way to, to turn that around really. Like, I mean, you can, you can take breaks. You can, I mean, you can start figuring out what's causing the burnout, but like a lot of times, I mean, for instance, I mean, I, when I got burned out with the coffee shops, like for me, the, the one thing that was the main cause of my burnout was my business partner. And I couldn't change that. Right. So, you know, there it's either I go or she goes. And here's to hoping you don't get burned out at yeah. SB face. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think, you know, when we were traveling a lot with our corporate job, jobs, cause we didn't have the same job. We yeah. had jobs. Uh, um, I got burned out and just really needed a, break like traveling is a grind but then when it was done for a while you know i i missed it not enough that i wanted to go back to traveling again 100 i don't ever want a job like that again that's just that's hard 
Yeah. That's a hard life, but I enjoyed it while, while we were doing it. And then towards the end, I was like, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much. It's just way too much. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's a, a good indicator there. Cause I, I mean, I was the same way. Like I didn't, I wasn't traveling as much as you, but the first couple of months after, after I was done traveling and I, and I mean, this was right at the beginning of 2020. So I was in between contracts and trying to figure out what to do. And then the pandemic started and I was like, Oh, this is kind of nice. So I'm going to have a couple months at home. I'm not going to go anywhere. And then probably about like mid April, I was like, I feel like I need to be on a plane. Like I haven't <laughs> slept in a hotel in a while. And that feels weird. I want to go do that. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, remember too, when you were um, working up in Philly, right. When I was still living up in Philly and you were driving up every week. Yeah. That's a grind. Well, the anything through the DC corridor is a grind, though. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd worked that out, and I'm not going to tell anybody my secret times when I would leave both Richmond to hit Philly and Philly to hit Richmond. Yeah, remember that one time when you were driving on a Sunday, and like I think the Redskins, the Ravens, and the Eagles all had a home game. The Redskins and the Ravens had a 1 p.m. game, and the Eagles had a 4 p.m. game, all home games, and I hit every single one traffic yeah every single tra- every single stadium traffic oh. on the way up that was awful that's like god was mad at you that day I know. well that was <laughs> i wasn't paying attention but yeah no i figured out the secret and i'm not gonna tell anybody because they'll, they'll steal it and next time i'm gonna make that drive but yeah i yeah. was able to make that drive in uh you know four four and a half hours on the regular even yeah. um you know uh the worst it took me about eight hours one time that was fun uh, <laughs> and that's what that's what i like i stopped and i planned it out but yeah, yeah, but it's easy. Yeah, that, but again, that was more of a getting worn out, not really a burnout. Yeah. That. Yeah. Burnout is just like, you can't, you know, you're close to hitting the wall. You're like, I can't do this anymore. And you just have to really figure out what, what am I going to do? Or am I still in a position where I can pull myself back and it's just, I'm worn out and I can still, I can save this. There's a save there's a way to save it where I can still continue to can continue to do this thing. Maybe if I just take a couple of weeks off or something like that. Right. And, but what, I think when you hit burnout, there's no return. The, I don't think there is unless like some major changes happen and, and back to like the coffee shop thing, just to give, like, I, the, I knew like it, it hit me one day. I knew that I was done. Like there was no turning back. Like I had to get out of there. Uh, when I was purposely like hitting red lights just to avoid like getting going into work. Like I was prolonging my commute so that I could spend as like much time outside of work as possible. Yeah. You know, I, was, I was like, that's, that's a pretty good indicator when you're trying to hit red lights. So you don't have indicator. to go to work. Yeah. I wonder, do you think that I might have been subconsciously doing things to, um, and my, my term, my, my time at, um, performance when we were both there so that I could get, you know, friendly fired, we laid off, whatever. You're laid off, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, cause I got pretty, I don't want to say belligerent cause I didn't get belligerent, but I was pretty, was, I, I, I dug my heels in on a lot of things at the end where in the beginning I wasn't doing that. I think belligerent could be used for some of your, uh, <laughs> Ooh. Actions. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, direct. Uh, you had an issue with your boss, uh, oh, well. and it was very, very apparent and very public in many instances. That's um, because he wore shirts that were too small. Yeah, exactly. But he was, <laughs> he was not, he was, 
not large enough of a man, uh, ironically, to uh, <laughs> to fire you himself. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that is, there is some irony there. That's yeah. funny. We should probably end on that. Yeah, let's. That's a good note. Let's bring in uh, <laughs> Dr. Stanley Ward and talk about burnout versus wornout. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our newest course called Time Bomb. If you're ready to take control of your calendar, this course is for you. We guide you through all the steps you need to understand where you're spending your time, what your time is worth, and how to build out your days and weeks so that you can add more value to your business or just spend that time enjoying life. We have three options for you. The course, a bundle which includes products designed to help you become more efficient with your time, and a boot camp where you'll get time in a small group setting to get the personalized help you need. Head on over to sbpace.com to learn more. Time Bomb, take control of your calendar, gain control of your life. All right, and welcome back to the show. We've got Dr. Stanley Ward on, and we're going to talk about leadership, coaching, burnout, uh, and possibly all sorts of other stuff. Blog subscribers. Blog subscribers. You never know where we're going today. This is going to be some good stuff. Thanks for joining us, Stanley. We are very much looking forward to this conversation. I am too. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Do you want to start out and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what makes you the perfect guest for our podcast? Oh, gosh. Well, I'll tell you what makes me an interesting guest. Uh, Perfection is is beyond my pay grade. Uh, So, sure, I am a leadership PhD, so I have a background in uh, higher education as well as research. I'm also a certified coach. And interestingly enough, in January of 2020, before all this burn, or excuse me, before all this COVID stuff hit, I released a book on burnout. Uh, Little did I realize what was going to be happening two months later and uh, just the strain that was going to put people under. So, oh, also, I like fountain pens. I play ukulele. I collect yo-yos. I do tai chi. uh, And I like comic books. So those could be reasons I'm an interesting guest. Uh, Well, before we... Which is your favorite comic book character? Oh, I was going to ask the same question. <laughs> oh, oh, well, okay. So, uh, you know, for, for all your listeners, they can see this. So I have the the, the Popco or the, the, the Pop, the Funko Pop uh, Captain America on my, my shelf because he's just a stand-up gentleman who can kick butt and take names. And that's why I want to be in the world, man. I want to be a class act, treat people with respect, but when I need to, roll up my sleeves and kick some butt when I need to. So... He, he's one of my favorites. Um, you know, Dr. Strange, though, growing up, man, I always thought that dude was awesome. So I still enjoy reading his stuff. And I just, Neil Gaiman just released this book that's really nice. It's a graphic novel on Norse mythology. Really well done. Highly recommend it. I also used to teach humanities. So that's probably why some of this is coming out, too. So listen, humanities was my favorite course in college ever. But I need to know Neil Diamond as in Sweet Caroline. Oh, no. Gaiman. G-A-I-M-A-N. Okay, that makes makes way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a Norse version of Sweet Caroline that could be pretty fun to do. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yes. And I have a confession. I, until a couple of weeks ago, had never seen any of the Marvel movies. So I didn't know any, I'm really, I mean, I knew who the characters were, but I didn't know any. And so now we have, um, Corey and I have pledged to watch all, I don't know, what is it, like 50 hours of the Marvel movies. And uh, so far, Iron Man is my favorite. Yeah, he's kind of a punk. 
But you know, it's okay to be a late bloomer. It's okay to be a late bloomer. Welcome to comic books. They are a lot of fun. And and you know, what's so great about fantasy literature, science fiction literature, and, and yes, even coaching, and we can make this segue if you're ready, but is the fact that it allows us to explore what it means to be human from a different lens, right? Great science fiction takes uh, almost a fantasy-like setting and then ask the questions about what it really means to be human. And that's what makes great science fiction or great fantasy literature so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, the So good segue, Captain America, he's a leader. Uh, we're talking about leadership. Um, and we, you know, we kind of talked about this right before the, uh, right, right before we started this recording um, is that we've had some bad experiences with, with coaches. And, and you agree that the, the word coach is, uh, let's just call it overused um, these days. So uh, don't go read any of our recent blogs. Um, <laughs> but um, so, so tell us a little bit about your coaching style while you're qualified to be a coach, uh, you know, anything like that. I'm happy to do that. I, I am curious. Give me three reasons why you've had or three examples of bad experiences with coaching. Oh, oh, I'll go first. All right. Okay. So we hired a coach um, to help us um, fairly early on in our um, business because we are, this is literally day 368 for us, right? So where our one year um, anniversary of our business was on March 27th. So All right. congratulations, paper anniversary. You. Hope you got a nice little something, something, little piece of paper there. Okay. Yeah. So for our, so we hired a coach to help us with, um, you know, directionally with some business development and just some areas we were struggling with fairly early on and um, filled out a lot of paperwork for him to help him know us better. And we signed on for, I think, like a three or a four month stint with him. Yeah. And um, the first call that he did, he's he did like half of a call. He did a half hour with me and then a half hour with Corey and then a half hour with us together. And in my call, we talked about feelings the entire time. How do you feel about this? How would you feel if this happened? What does this make you feel like? And then I finished with them and I thought, God, have fun with Corey talking about feelings, right? And then when we regrouped, the three of us, uh, the first thing that he told me was that him and Corey worked on a strategy for getting new clients. And I, Corey could see it on my face instantly that I was, I just like shut down. I'm like, why do I have to talk about feelings? And he gets to work on business strategy. I was really frustrated. And Corey and him did not really connect very well. And he spent pretty much every session trying. It felt like he wanted Corey to like him and be his friend. And there was just a lot of animosity. And when we when we decided to end the relationship, it was like the worst breakup in the world. It should have been a 15 minute conversation. It went on for what, like an hour and a half? It was over an hour and he blamed us the entire time for why the uh, the relationship didn't work out with him. And, and the one thing that I remember very well that he said to us was, we were like six or seven sessions in and he said, well, that whole every session we've had so far has just been me getting to know you guys. I'm like, why are we paying you thousands of dollars to get to know us? Like, that's just crap in my book. Yeah. So that's pretty much all three reasons there in one, wow. one story. Yeah. And so I would, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts there. And, and you know, one is 
yes, I do. Uh, and I don't want to disparage the coaching industry by any means. I do feel like we're in a season where it's kind of the wild west where anyone can, can claim the title coach. I mean, I think about, well, I do think about the wild west, you know, doc so-and-so is selling snake oil, right. That, um, mm -hmm. you know, it seems to me that if a person's looking for a coach and I'm, and, I, and as I explain this, I'll say, this is part of what, what I'm, what, how I'm approaching coaching, right. That might make me a little different than your experience or, or what others are experiencing. You know, one is hopefully a coach can help you get clear on what the real problem is. Right. And, and how to take action on it. Um, there is a difference between coaching and mentoring. I think sometimes people want someone who's going to give them the five steps to achieve X, Y, and Z. And if that's what you want, you need to let the coach know up front because the coaching process really is about creating a partnership. I'm coming from the International Coaching Federation background. I've got their certification um, where coaching really is a partnership. It's not therapy. Uh, it's not consulting. I describe it in a couple of ways. One is helping people untie their own knots, you know, so what's the knot? What's keeping you up at night? What's, and that's where the feeling thing could be. You know, if you've got a lot of fear around launching the business and that fear is going to keep you from taking the action you need to take, well, let's untie that knot so you can go take the action. Right. Um, I think good coaching is, it always focuses on deepening the learning and forwarding the action. So there's always new insights and new actions that come out of every session. And if, and if that's not happening, uh, then it's time to back up and say, okay, what are we doing? Yeah. And I think that one of, one of the things that really bothered me about the entire scenario with, with that, that coach was that we, we didn't need a coach at that time we needed something more. We needed more of a hands-on person. We needed somebody to focus strictly on a particular area where we were struggling. We didn't need a coach and he should have recognized that. I knew it, but that aside, it's like, I don't think that we needed at that moment, we didn't need a coach. We needed, we needed experts in certain fields. And if he had, like, he should have been able to recognize them and like, look, I'm not, I'm not the solution you need right now. But I also think that, I mean, in 2020, everybody was kind of so desperate for revenue they're just taking on everything and i mean who knows maybe that's just how he works but well i think that's another good uh you know the coach has his interview packet or her interview packet i think part of your interview packet as a client is to say okay what's your expertise in this area um what what are the typical ways that you resolve this problem that that kind of thing it's it's fine to interview your coach before they interview you and, and I, I would encourage your listeners to do that yeah, agreed. So what's your, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, life coaches? I think there's a, I think there's a, a legitimate and helpful thing. Again, un, helping people untie their own knots. A, a, a coach is not going to, a true coach, okay, not a consultant. Consultant comes in with the answer to your problems and says, go do this, write me the check, right? True coaches are more of a longer term partnership. And I describe it as it's like riding a two person bike. You have the handlebars, you decide where to go. The coach is in the back seat, pedaling really hard to add more power. And because they're in a different seat, they can see things differently. They can add perspective to help you see some things you're not seeing. It's good so analogy. You're gonna, you could have gotten there on your own, but the coach is gonna help you get there faster. It's gonna help you avoid maybe some obvious errors that you're just not seeing because of where you're sitting. 
um, and, and some things of that nature. Yeah, I like that. I like that analogy. It's good. And, and there's some accountability that can co that coaching can provide. I, I'm working with. I'm building an online course right now. I'm working with a coach for two reasons. One is I'm kind of like. Do you ever see a big league chew in the store in the like 70s and 80s? Is bubble gum right and have the baseball batter on the front? Big guy with the big. Yeah, I call that guy big league Jimmy, right? So I have this big league Jimmy inside of me, and I just like swing for the fences every time if I'm not careful. Well, guess what? I wrote a book on burnout because I'm prone to it because of big league Jimmy. So I needed a coach, one who would help pace me so I didn't kill myself in the process of building an online course. And then two, I needed an online coach for some accountability to make sure I actually recorded my three to five videos a week because I'm looking for every excuse in the book not to do that because I don't enjoy doing it. Sure. So let's let's jump into uh, burnout then. Um, okay. When it comes to, you know, we talk about a lot of small business owners, they they spend, you know, 14 hours a day, 18 hours a day working in their business seven days a week. They don't take time off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but how, how do you, like, like, what are some telltale signs of getting burned out and, you know, what can people do to avoid that? Yeah. So again, there's a real difference between burnout and worn out, as you guys talked about at the, the start of the show. Uh, you know, think about the, the metaphor I would use is a, think about a gasoline engine, when that engine runs out of gasoline, it just needs to rest and refuel and it's good to go again. So if you just need to rest and refuel, that's worn out. Burnout is like when that same engine runs out of oil, it will keep running for a while, but in the process, it's doing damage to itself. So one, the minute you wake up going, wow, I'm kind of hurting myself the way I'm running my business right now, that needs to be a major red flag. Um, okay. From the scientific literature on burnout, there's three dimensions to it, okay? Emotional, I'm gonna give you some kind of technical terms and then we'll, we'll break it down. So there's emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and a lack of accomplishment. So let me break that down. Emotional exhaustion. So when you wake up morning after morning after morning thinking, I don't have the resources to get through today, you're facing very real emotional exhaustion. Again, if you can simply rest for a weekend and you come back on Monday and you're feeling a little better about life, that's a good sign. On the other hand, if you're waking up day after day after day and rest is not helping, I'm thinking about a, a conversation I had with the university president a while back who spent two weeks on a beach vacation, said he got back from that beach vacation and he felt no better than when he left. Okay, that's a serious sign of emotional exhaustion, right? And more to it. So let's get to the next piece, depersonalization. Think of it as a disconnect, disconnect from people, disconnect from purpose. Um, if you're going through the day just feeling like a robot and numb or cynical, those are examples of that depersonalization. Um, and it makes sense that emotional exhaustion often is a predictor for the other, right? If you're just worn out, you don't have energy to deal with people. Now, what's interesting about this same college president is when he came back from his vacation, he, he talks about picking up a pet project of his when he came back to his office, and he actually found that that energized him better than his vacation. Why? Because he reconnected to purpose, okay? Um, also, on this thing about disconnect, we were talking about this, you know, the humanities and stories and all this good stuff. 
the basic difference between a comic story and a tragic story is not that one is happy and the other sad. The basic difference is a comic story ends in community, a tragic story ends in isolation. So the, the small business owner who is, small business owners who are just isolating themselves, cutting themselves off from the support community, uh, continuing to just do things alone, to refuse help from others, they're choosing a tragic path. And yeah, they're walking that path toward depersonalization and burnout will be an inevitable result at some point. The third piece of this then is that lack of personal accomplishment, I would call it ineffectiveness. Uh, it, it's gonna display itself when you have just, you go through the week and you look back and you go, what did I actually accomplish this week? I don't feel like I can show anything. It's that sense of being on the hamster wheel and just running, running, running and going nowhere. It's a conversation I had with a friend of mine who's in the uh, police force and deals with human trafficking issues locally. And I asked him one time, I said, man, how's it going fighting human trafficking? He said, Stan, I feel like I'm just throwing pebbles at a train. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that sense of that creeping sense of ineffectiveness. What we know from the research is ineffectiveness uh, is not as big a threat as the other two, but it is still a threat. And certainly when all three come together, that's when you're really suffering uh, the, the sort of lowest points of burnout. Burnout's a spectrum. We're all on the spectrum somewhere. It's just a question of if we're in a healthy place or not. In other words, all of us are feeling some measure of exhaustion. All of us are feeling some measure of depersonalization. All of us are gonna feel some measure of ineffectiveness. The question is, do those feelings keep us from doing the work we need to do in the world? How does that help? That is a great explanation for really sure, good. yes. That was really good. The only thing that I was, curious about on the depersonalization is um because i think it was depersonalization where you used the word cynical yeah what if somebody's cynical all the time how do you know then if they're <laughs> yeah if they have the spiritual gift of sarcasm um yes. sarcasm is sarcasm um <laughs> so uh, yeah so i'm actually kind of introverted and so I, I kind of, one of those things I talk about in the book is just because I'm introverted doesn't mean I'm depersonalizing. What I have to watch for is when I am withdrawing more and more than normal, or if I'm withdrawing and it's not helping, right? Yeah. That's telling me something. So if your way of playing verbal ping pong with someone is cynicism, okay, I can play that game with you. But if that cynicism is because there is a hole inside of you, <laughs> right? Because you're feeling empty and all you have is fight or flight energy to get through life, that's, there's your sign. There you I mean, go. that's, at the heart of this is if we stay in constant fight or flight, there is a cost. And a lot of small business owners, a lot of leaders I work with are relying on that adrenaline to get through the day and it has a psychological cost, it has a physical cost, it has a relational cost. And so we just gotta, we gotta take action on that stuff. Yeah, um, well, I hate to cut this conversation off because we didn't even get a chance to jump into growing an audience or really any of that. So hopefully we might be able to get you on sometime soon again so we can continue this conversation. But before we go, can you tell our audience how they can reach out to you? Yeah, I would ask that you go to my website, coachingforinfluence.com. 
if you'll go there to the blog page, there is a way for you to download a, a PDF on leadership burnout in the workplace that will be very helpful, as well as those blog posts and a contact form. Would love to continue the conversation. You can also find my book, How to Beat Burnout for Yourself, Your Family, and Your Team on Amazon.com. Fantastic. And does that, I want to ask on the, when you send people to get your free download on leadership, does that help you build your blog subscriber list? It does. Yep, it sure does. So if, if folks are willing to do that, if they don't mind sharing their contact information, I'm, I'm happy to stay in touch with them. And actually what I do is it, as I create free resources, I send them out to those contact lists. So nice, it's an nice. opportunity to continue to build their own resource, their own leadership toolkit. Great. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining the show and thank you to all of our listeners. And again, everything that you need to know about Dr. Stanley Ward will be in our show notes. You can connect with us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we have a YouTube channel. Oh, and you can reach us on svface.com as well. We have a website. That's right. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And please subscribe to our pod while you're out there. Like us, give us a review, give us some feedback. We appreciate any and all feedback. Yes, we love feedback. Even if it's a one star, five star, we don't care. We just like when people take the time to actually review what we do. You can reach out about topics as well. We're always interested in knowing what the audience wants to hear and learn more about. And if you're interested in being a guest, you can fill out the form on sbpace.com as well. And oh, hey, we wrote a book. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon and it comes with a companion workbook. The book is called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. We should have given that book title more words, Corey. We yes, really should have. We should have. Um, yeah. And speaking of rating and review, if you've already purchased the book or if you've purchased it, we would appreciate rating and reviews on Amazon as well. That helps us out. And that's it for the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.